This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. What a blessing to be in God's house with you. We've had this, uh, uh, this is now our ninth uh, or eighth of nine services going on right now. Uh, there's been three on this campus. We've had an amazing time. God is up to good stuff. Amen. Good stuff. So, so thankful for everybody who's here. And uh, I, I just, did that worship team choir not knock it out of the ballpark today? That was awesome. Amen. Well, let me just go ahead and just, just say thank you. Thank you for being here. It means a lot to me personally. You know, they posted a post over the people that have showed real love. And there's so many of you that, that have been examples of the real love to me. And I thank you for that. There's been so many of you that have, 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 have walked with Christine and I through so much. And, and, and this, uh, uh, I, I guess I need to start off by saying, Thank you for, because you see the worst side of all of it. And thank you, Christian. I'm, 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 you know, I'm thankful 30 years later, you're still standing. Amen. I love you. Amen. Amen. Um, in the room today, though, uh, some of you need to hear me say, I, I stopped and gave thanks for you, but I gave thanks for some names that are already praying for us in heaven. And uh, in 30 years, for the first 17 years, I had the record say, I've never buried a member. And uh, everybody was like, everybody wants to come to my church, I've never buried a member. Come on now. But, uh, uh, but we lost some, some that have gone on ahead. And it's been a, uh, an honor to know that they celebrate with us today. And I, I want to take a moment to say thank you for for what they did as well. But today, I just want to say uh, thank you for all that have volunteered. If you've ever volunteered in any capacity on any of the campuses of Warhill, I'd like to see your hand for just a moment today. Look at all these hands. Would you celebrate them today? Would you celebrate with me? Amen. If you are part of our current staff or have ever been part of our staff at Warhill, would you stand today right where you are and let us look at here. Let's let's honor honor all of these. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Thank you. People ask me, they go, well, you know, how's this, you know, are you one of those one-man show? And I'm like, yeah, we're a one-man show. His name is Jesus. <laughs> and uh, But God uses righteous men and women in all of our campuses. And we're so thankful for what he has done and is going to do. So today, because the hour is late, I'd like to give a lot more greetings, but I, I'm, I just feel like I need to bring you the message for just a few moments. Will you let me preach for just a minute? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, so I'm going to try to do this as fast as I can, but uh, I want to read to you uh, our passage. And for those of you that are guests today, our church has been, our team, our leadership team has been chosen to help lead the uh, the translation of a modern version of Scripture called the Plowman. And uh, uh, we're, we now have the first portion of that being released, so we're studying through that together here on this campus. But John chapter 1, 
Verse number one reads like this. It may be a little different, but follow along. You'll see it, uh, why it reads the way it reads. It says, before time began, the Word already existed. Now, the Word is Jesus. Come on now. And the Word, and most of your Bibles will have this in a subtext, but we wanted to make sure this was in the text. The Word lived face to face with God. And I need an amen right here because the Word was God. Can I get an Amen. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you that we pray to a God who has been from the beginning, who is faithful, who is just, and who is good. And Lord, we represent today these 30 years declaring that the goodness of God goes beyond measure. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your strength and your encouragement and for all you've done. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. And amen. Let me read on. So since the beginning, the word has stood united with God. He is the creator of all. All things exist at his command and by his hand. So Jesus created it all. I want you to get that. Not one thing was made without some reflection, without some what? Help me with that. Some what? Reflection of himself and his design. His what? Reflection. His what? So this is key today. Was a source of light that all men may live by. His light still shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never, help me here, has never overpowered it. That's where we've been in this study for the last few weeks. Now, I want to take you quickly through some thoughts this morning that explain who we are as a church and why we exist. With that in mind, uh, I had the opportunity last week, uh, uh, this this week, uh, uh, to fly. I had to suffer, but I had to fly to Florida this last week. Come on now, amen. And uh, uh, I want you to know how many you think that's suffering for Jesus, right? Uh, it was 40 degrees. That wonderful wife of mine said, what are you packing like that for? Pack for Florida. I packed for Florida and had to go to the store and shop for Georgia. Come on now, amen. <laughs> I froze to death down there. But I was just south of Tampa in a place called uh, uh, Bradenton. I was not far from, uh, uh, I was about 40 minutes from, now watch this. When a skinny guy tells you this, you can question. But when somebody like me tells you this, you need to believe it. The finest restaurant on the planet. I'm talking about delicious Reddington Beach. Unbelievable food. My favorite meal of all. I'm telling this story in the first service. Pastor Todd shoots me a glare like you need to eat dirt and die. I'm like, what? Oh, and I realized I didn't take him. We are 40 minutes from the finest restaurant in the world, and I didn't go. Now, look, I know restaurants. If you want the best soup, you go to Hungary. And you know what you get? Texas soup. It's unbelievable. You want phenomenal spaghetti? Go to Castle Hill in Budapest. Climb the hill. You go into a 600-year-old restaurant there. I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, that's old. 600-year-old restaurant. Walk into that 600-year-old restaurant. You order spaghetti. It does not have red sauce. It has paprika all over it. It is uh, delicious. I mean, it's a little stale. 600 years old, but it, but it's good. Come on, amen. Come on, give me one dad joke. Give me one dad joke today. This is important. But the reason that I wouldn't drive 40 minutes to go eat the best food on the planet. Are you ready for this? is because I was afraid that the current reality would let down the remembrance of the past. I was afraid that it wouldn't measure up to what it was. And if I went and ruined my memory, then then that would not reflect what I had hoped for. 
And I want you to hear me today. Churches, when they cross milestones like 30-year marks, they end up in danger if all they do is celebrate what happened 30 years ago. If all they do is talk about what we used to do and who we used to be. And today I want to publicly declare to you that I don't want us to focus on a former reality that hinders us from stepping into a present reality. I want us to remember why we began in the first place, and that was so that the world might know Jesus Christ. And we would share him with the whole world. Can I get an amen for that today? Amen. See, I never want the past to limit today's possibilities. 30 years ago when we started this congregation, I had no clue what God was going to do. But the world seemed different. The darkness was present. There were wars going on. And there were people who were, many people alive who still remembered the great wars 30 years ago. And they're not with us, most of them, anymore. You see, there was people who remembered darkness, but we entered into a season of light. The economy took off. Our, our communities were different. But over the past 30 years, it seems like in so many ways the darkness has increased. That's true. See, the Bible says that in the last day, perilous times will increase. And it doesn't mean we have to give in to that. Let me just remind you, for a season it seems like the, the enemy would advance and then the Bible says until the Ancient of Days shows up and I'm looking for the day that Jesus steps in and the light overcomes the darkness. Can I get an amen for that? But let me just say this. 30 years later, our communities are more divided than ever. What was once considered wrong is now being called right. There is the darkness of death that is lingering as virus and variants swirl around us. But let us not look back without realizing that yesterday's reflections should lead us to today's possibilities, that Jesus overcame the darkness then, and he can still overcome the darkness today. And our job is simple. Our job is to be positioned as people, as reflections of his light. You see, that's what our job is today, to become positioned as reflections of his life. I don't have time to preach the way that I want to preach today, so I just need to dive into this. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 5 really quick. says this. It says, you are the light of the world, just like a city on a hilltop that lights up the night for the travelers headed that way. Have you ever been somewhere where you, can't, you think you're never going to find another gas station, and then finally you see a light in the distance? I believe God's called us to be the light in the distance. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket. They set it up high so that it illuminates the house so that people will walk safely through the house. How many are thankful for a good nightlight? Maybe we could simply become a powerful nightlight. The other evening we were driving through the mountains coming home from a ball game and, and, and there was one of those massive searchlights going and, and Charlie asked me, he said, he, he said, he said, dad, what is that? And I said, well, that's a, that's a searchlight. He said, but what is that? And I had to describe a searchlight in a world that everything is GPSed. And I said, that used to tell us there's something good happening over there. How many remember that? There'd be a concert, there'd be a searchlight. There'd be a, there'd be a sale, there'd be a searchlight. The barbecue would be ready. There, come on now, help me. There'd be a searchlight. So there'd be something good just over there. I wish 
that if we could choose to be any kind of light today, that we would be a searchlight that tells people in the middle of the darkness, there's something good down on the county line that you need to get down and be a part of because God's still changing lives down there. And here's the way we believe he's going to do it. We believe that the way we've been called to share the light is with three simple words around here. You should know these. Help me with them. They're what? Real. Now. Very good. Real love now. And here's the truth. In all the simplicity of what this means, we believe in a real God who can really change your life. You know, I'm tired of people thinking they have to clean up to come to God's house. Now, I, I told uh, Miss Christie, the head of our school, I told her, I said, now look, I don't want the staff coming out and really talking to me when I'm dropping my little one off at school. And it's not because I don't want to be bothered. It's because from here up, I'm business. <laughs> Window still up, I'm business. Down, I'm in pajamas still. <laughs> and it feels really weird having the whole staff come walking around, standing around your window, and I'm going, don't look down. Pick on my Christmas pajamas in July. Come on now, amen. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, what happens if I break down on the side of the road? People are like, something's really bad. Pastor's out there walking around in his pajamas. I don't know what's going on. But the thing is this. It's not that I don't want to be kind. It's that I don't want people to realize the condition that I've come in. You'll never have victory in your life unless you're willing to let people realize that you're not perfect. Can I go ahead and tell you, you're in a church full of people who aren't perfect. We all have passed. We all have gone through struggles. We've all done things that we should not have done. But God, in the goodness of his great love, has shown his love on us. And he's told us it's okay if you've got some things that you don't want everybody else to see. Just let me see them, and I'll heal you, and I'll deliver you, because I chose you. You see, life can only have change to, to occur when we bring everything into the light. I feel like this is so truth-filled. What we have to do is bring the areas we've been trying to hide into the light. You know what happened when Adam and Eve fell? They tried to drag everything under the cover of the, the leaves. They climbed back into the shadows of the darkness. God didn't call us to live in the shadows of darkness. He called us to be light bearers in a darkened world. The enemy tries to put out that light sometimes. God keeps you safe. Even in the middle of unexpected moments. God's good. Amen. Amen. God's calling somebody right now. I just heard that in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> God's so good. Amen. He's not calling you home. Don't worry. But he's just calling you. Amen. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Whenever you try to pull your life into the darkness, what you're really doing is doubting the power of the light. You're thinking, there's no way that light can overcome my darkness. But the truth is that doubt is nothing but a lie. If the enemy's talking to you, he's lying. He told you before you were a Christian, oh, you don't need that stuff. And the minute you got saved, he said, you're going to hell. Because if the devil's talking, he's lying. Let me hurry. Real what? Oh, y'all ready for the sermon to be over. That's good. 
love. The way that we love God is by loving others. You see, we've got to get real about who we are, but then we've got to get real about the fact that we love others. And this relationship we have with God is all based on love, for God so loved the world. And here's the simple truth of it. The reason people struggle receiving love and giving love is that it's really, they're rooted in doubt. They don't think there's any way that God could really love them. And so they keep trying to pull the things back into the darkness. But what I'm looking for are some people who will say, let me tell you what God did in my life, because if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. We're not perfect. We've got a long ways to go. But look how good God is. As a matter of fact, if we took our time today, we could probably sit in this room and point out lots of stuff wrong with everybody in the room. Don't worry, we're not. But we'd have to start with our own selves. And the thing is, the way that I want him to love me is the way that I have to love you. So I have to get real with God, and I have to love God. And here's where I've really been trying to get us to, because we talk about real and love a lot. But what's that final word? Now. Now. That's the one everybody has a hard time with. Everybody has a hard time with the word now. They get real with God and they get the love, but, but what is this whole now thing? Where, what, 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 what does that mean? Well, now means that it's time to engage. And I, I think this is the best example. I wish I could bring you all around and, and, and I've got a book here that I think would, will change your life. It's a deeply spiritual book. It's called there's no such a thing as a dragon. Are you excited? Yes. Let's have story time as we prepare the ending of this message today. There's no such a thing as a dragon. You see, there's a little boy by the name of Billy Bixby. And Billy Bixby wakes up one morning and Billy Bixby has a dragon sitting on his bed. And Billy Bixby is quite scared of the fact there's a dragon on his bed. So Billy is trying to figure out what to do with this dragon, and so as it comes ever closer, he timidly reaches out and pets the dragon, and suddenly, because he's engaged the dragon, the, the, gra- the dragon starts to morph. He goes running downstairs and tells his mother, Mom, Mom, there's a dragon! There's a dragon upstairs! And his mother looks at him and says, No, honey, there's no such thing as a dragon. There's no such thing as a dragon, so you go right back upstairs, you get dressed, and you get down here quickly because there's no such thing as a dragon. And so Billy goes back upstairs, and he starts trying to get dressed, but the truth is he can't get dressed because the dragon keeps getting in his way, and he keeps hindering him, but but he's, he's got to hurry because his mom's told him there's no such thing as a... You're with me. You're worth waiting on. All right, there's no such thing as What? Now, this may not make sense to you, but it makes a whole lot of sense to me. Because, you see, I grew up, and though I love my family, my extended family greatly, I grew up with a family that was multi-generational addictions. Alcoholism was prevalent, destroying lives. And I'll never forget, I was a 16-year-old boy, and I received a phone call. I was living in Cumming, Georgia. And I received a phone call from Westminster, South Carolina, a decent little distance away. And here was the call from my inebriated uncle, a grown man with children much older than me, so drunk he could not hardly stand. He said, your grandma's dying. 
You need to come get her. I'm a 16-year-old boy. My parents are not home. My grandmother, I can hear her dying in the background. She has leukemia. I can hear her dying. And my uncle is too drunk to take her to the hospital. Now, I, I, I'm, anybody who knows me knows that my driving has a nickname. They call me Turtle. I'll get there eventually. But not that day. Fifty minutes later, I walked from Cumming, Georgia, into Westminster, South Carolina. I drove like some of you. We'll have a moment of repentance later. But I walked in Westminster, South Carolina, to my drunken uncle, barely able to stand. I'd taken a friend, trying to take my grandmother into my arms, trying to carry her frail body. And you know what my grandma said to me? She said, baby, he's not really drunk. She's dying. But there's not such thing as dragons. No, baby, baby, he's not really drunk. You know, he doesn't drink. I said, Grandma, he's drunk. She said, don't you say such a thing about him. Because there's no such thing as dragons. And so Billy goes downstairs, and the dragon follows him downstairs, and Billy's just hungry. He's ready for some breakfast. He's been quite an ordeal as he's been dealing with the dragon while he's been trying to get dressed. And suddenly Billy goes in, and, and, and Mom makes him his favorite pancakes, and the dragon happens to like pancakes better than Billy and eats all the pancakes. And so Mom makes more pancakes, and finally the dragon eats all of them. And watch this now. Billy actually ends up with one pancake underneath the table. Now, if you know the Bible, you'll know there's a story about a king who kept people starving to death underneath the table. But guess what? There's no such a thing as dragons, so nobody would deal with this, and Billy was eating scraps because nobody would get honest. Suddenly, Billy goes upstairs. His mother doesn't know what to do because she's already said there's no such thing as dragon, and you can't be honest about the dragon. Am I preaching where anybody's living? Pastor Don, this is a kid's book. <laughs> Not really. So the problem is every time the dragon's given a place to rest inside the home, he grows and he gets bigger and bigger. And before long, the dragon is not only filling the house, mom can't even clean the house and they have to start living with the junk. Suddenly now the dragon's head is out one way and tail out another. And suddenly the bread truck goes by and it smells similar to pancakes. So the dragon jumps up and runs off with the house with Billy and his mom trapped upstairs. Which I think is very interesting because then Mr. Bixby comes home and when Mr. Bixby comes home, his whole house is gone. And his family's gone because there's no such thing as dragons. And so they, he finally finds his family and 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 it's become quite a scene, and 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 then finally, there's no such thing as dragons. But he climbs inside, and Mr. Bigby says, "How did we end up here?" And Billy said, "It was the dragon." And mother started to say, "There's no such thing as dragons." But Billy said, "Yes, there is, Mom. There is a very big dragon." And as he acknowledged the dragon's existence, the dragon began to shrink. And suddenly, their home was restored.
Because somebody got honest about the dragon. You see, I can talk to you all day long about a real God. And I can tell you about his love. But until you're willing to get honest about the dragons, now, right here, it won't help you. You see, that's the kind of God I've come to preach to you about that you've got to get honest about. And you know what I'm so thankful of? Columbus, Georgia, two kids in the Army, dad about to ship off for Vietnam, they stumble into a little altar in a little church of God. They get in the altar, they pray through, and this is what they say, this ends here. And the dragon that had destroyed my family died right there. There's no such thing as dragons. Who would I be as a pastor if I brought you to celebrate 30 years and didn't preach you the truth? The truth is we must stop denying the darkness and turn the light on. That's the plain and simple truth. And the thing is, if there's a dragon in your life, you can be delivered just like my family has been delivered. If you'll just get real with God, fall in love with him and love others and do it now. I'll start tomorrow. Tomorrow will never come. I'm preaching truth. I want you to bow your heads in this place. The service is almost a thing of the past. Now is your time to engage. If there's a dragon living in your life and you're ready to kill it, you're ready to have it gone, I would hope that 30 years ago the church was born that it's okay to have dragons. It's just not okay to keep them. It's okay to have families that aren't perfect. It's just not okay to accept that imperfection as a permanent reality. I want you to hear the love of a pastor who wants to pray with you today. People were saved in the last services. Numerous people got ministered to them because they said, we now understand what this real love now party is. We're going to be honest about what's in our life. If you're here today with nobody looking around and everybody praying, I want to pray with you. If you would be honest and you'd say, Pastor, there's some dragons in my life that I need to get honest about and I want God to deliver me. I want to see your hand if that's you. Get it high as you can. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold up hands literally all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. See, I'm not embarrassing anybody. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. God's going to set you free. I really feel this is the second service that a spirit of suicide is going to be broke off of somebody. There's going to be an anointing that comes that liberates people. There's going to be sin that makes you feel like you're not worthy of sexual purity. It's going to fall off of you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a holiness that begins to come into your life as you defeat the dragons of this life. Put those hands down. Let me ask you quickly if there's, a, if there's anyone else that you thought you had missed your opportunity, but, but I'm asking again, this is your moment. This is your time. You're ready to kill that dragon. Now's the time. Thank you. Hands going up literally all over this place. Wow. You can put those down. Let me ask you one more question. It's why we exist. Maybe you've never stepped into the light. Maybe you've prayed prayers, but you've never really given your life to Jesus Christ. 
You've never destroyed the greatest dragon of all. Hell's hold on you. And today you're ready for victory. Today you're ready for hope to come into your life. You're ready for joy to come into your life. You're ready to give your soul to Jesus Christ and to make him Lord of your life. I didn't embarrass anybody else and I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you, can I see your hand right where you are? Because I want to pray with you too. Thank you. Are there others? This is your day. This is your time. I'm looking around. I've seen some raise their hands. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Are there others? This is your moment. This is your time. This is, this is, this is God ordained. Thank you. I see those hands, young man. Thank you, young lady. I see that. Are there others? Thank you, young man. Are there others? Maybe you're watching. That's you. Just let Pastor Trey know that. Just right there. Let him know. Let him know. Looking around this room for just a moment more. All right, I want everybody in this room to stand with me if you would today. We're going to pray this prayer of faith that we've prayed and we plan on continuing to pray as long as I have the opportunity to serve in this house. That we would confess Jesus Christ as Lord of our life. People say, Pastor, does it work that way? There are thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people over the last 30 years who are now part of the kingdom of heaven who started just like this. Let's pray together today. Every voice in the place, lift your voice with these many that have responded. Jesus, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, I accept your grace. Heavenly Father, I believe Christ came for me he died for me, and now he lives forevermore. And now I boldly declare, from this moment forward, I will walk in the light. And now, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those many that have prayed that, so many for the very first time today. I thank you for your grace and for your goodness and your kindness. And I pray for every one of these that said there's a darkness in my life that needs to be dealt with. There's a dragon that needs to be slain. Lord, I thank you for even those that, are, that the dragon is growling at them, saying that he will not let them go. I thank you now by the grace of Jesus Christ that those dragons become toothless. They become ineffective. They become weak under the authority of the power of the mighty name of a real God who can really change your life in the name above all names in the name of Jesus Christ amen and amen I wish you'd give God a praise like he deserves today amen all right that's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God fall in love with him all over again and live out your destiny now to learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill join us online at warhill.com then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations service times are Sundays at 815, 930 and 11am where you will find real love now